Welcome to the Words of a Warrior, a podcast bringing you insightful conversations from some of the most inspiring people. My name is Candy Wheeler. I'm your host. And on today's episode, I'm joined by one of my dearest friends. You may have heard of, if you're in Phoenix, her beautiful business, which I'll introduce in a second. But she is an epic human, first and foremost, a mom of the most adorable baby boy. She's also creator and founder of Abundant Space, which I'm so excited to dive into what it is, what it's all about, and ultimately like my relationship to this beautiful community space. So Ksenia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Welcome. How are you doing on this beautiful fine morning. Good. Yeah. It's been a beautiful morning. I'm super happy to be here. I always love our conversations and um, I'm like you said, I'm happy to extend that to the world to listen as well. Yeah. For everyone listening, Kissini and I were just talking about how like we always have really great conversations and this is just an opportunity for us to share that with you too. And I want to just first dive in by starting with your journey of healing and how abundant space came to be because this space for those of you that don't know this is the space that I've been holding my local events for the last five years four years maybe four five close to five years now which I can't believe that's like wait what wild I know and I remember the day this space was like uh, you know, came to be, and it, and at the time, I, I just remember seeing it, you know, being built into this beautiful community space. There were so many people that were rallying behind this vision that you have, and of course, why wouldn't they? It's epic. So let's talk about abundant space real quick, and then I want to dive into your healing journey. And I'm sure they go kind of hand in hand. Like you eventually made it because you were inspired to create this healing space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting because abundance space was one of those things that I just knew had to be birthed. And it wasn't like a question of if I'm going to do it, it was just like, how is this going to happen pretty much? Mm -hmm. So um, we were living with my husband in San Diego for 10 years and I'd been on my healing journey. I'll share a little bit more about that. And once we were moving out here, we wanted to start a family and I wanted to start my business. We wanted to buy a house and just kind of ground down a little bit more. And my husband's from out here. So it was kind of a no brainer because we have a lot of support and his whole family's out here. And so when, as soon as we decided, I knew I was opening up abundant space and, you know, he was a huge support. He was never like, what, how you don't know anyone out there. You don't have any community or how is this going to work? How's it going to look? He was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Like, let's find you a place. Let's get it, get it settled in. Yeah. And since um, he's from out here, he was actually a huge help in even finding the location for it. Cause you know, I had no idea about neighborhoods or cities or, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know Scottsdale from Tempe from Phoenix. So it was all, (laughs) it was all new to me. Um, And so it's funny because he took me to the corner of Scottsdale and Shea and he's like, this is a really great area. How about here? Mm. And I said, oh, you know what? Like, let's keep looking a little bit. Like, let's let's look around. And so we looked around a few more months and then sure enough, you know, that original spot where 
you know, that corner where he had ended up taking me was where the first location of the space ended up being. So yeah, I just love that. And um, we got, when we first got the space, it was actually an insurance office. So it was like, (laughs) I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that, or maybe I did, but whoa, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It had like gray carpets and like, um, really like terrible, like, um, lighting, you know, just like those, uh, fluorescent tube lights. And, um, there was like, there was a separate wall for a back office for the insurance. And so it was just like, not the vision at all, but I saw past it for what it was. And I knew that this could be, you know, the space. So, it took us, I mean, months to get it all together. We were ripping up carpet and um, tearing down walls. He was like doing drywall. We painted the whole place. We did the mural. So really it was like a total um, labor of love. And we brought this beautiful vision um, together. So he was, yeah, for those that don't know, he was a huge support in that for me. And um. And from there, you know, like I said, I didn't really have community. I didn't really know anyone out here. I didn't really like know how this would look or work. And I mean, I think looking back at the moment, I didn't really consider it, but looking back, it's pretty ballsy to start like a community-based business (laughs) when you really didn't know anyone. Seriously. Yeah. That's so bold. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to the strength of the vision that I had for it. Cause it never even at the time, you know, it never even crossed my mind that it wouldn't work. It was just like, this is what I have to do. And this is what I'm doing and I'm bringing it forth. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And from there, it was really, really beautiful because spirit has a plan for everything. So of course, as the community and my business built, also like all my personal relationships and friendships and um, like best friends came from there as well. So in a way, it all happened very organically because, you know, as I connected with the community out here and found my friendships and um, those people that I really loved, they were in turn then also supporting the space and supporting themselves by bringing their work forth there. Mm. So it was just this, um, I mean, I couldn't have planned it any better, right? Like just by listening and getting in the flow of it, like I got to meet all these incredible humans out here and build my community while Mm. also um, building the space up. So it it was really, really just incredible. Yeah, I think what I found particularly unique about it was that it became such an accessible way for people to be able to have a space to host events or to do their practitioner work without honestly paying for a brick and mortar business because you know you were taking care of that part and then from there it became a way to kind of circulate the all the flow so for everyone to come together and to be able to all have this one space and that's what I loved the most about it it's like I had been working with so many clients at the time we're like I want to do this or I want to do that but I just don't have the space and that solved so much of those problems like abundant space is the place to go and it's a way to do it in a really affordable way before abundant space I feel like I would look for spaces and like minimum be spending like hundreds of dollars per hour to to have a venue and I'm sure so many people can relate to to hearing that they're like oh I want to host an event well like what venue options do I have I remember like the first retreat I had, like I just spent thousands of dollars on a venue 
and totally normal with a retreat space but like events and stuff would be the same like do you you want this you want this you know hotel room or whatever conference room etc like you're gonna be you're gonna be investing a lot so it became a space where people can just you know like affordably host their own events there and naturally that started building this beautiful community which is now like I don't know thousands of people which is amazing like I remember the the grand opening because you just recently upgraded and expanded which we'll talk about too but the uh the grand opening for that I was blown away at how many people were there to support this vision of yours it was yeah it was truly it was truly it was truly beautiful at the grand opening because I'll address a few things you mentioned but um Mm -hmm. first and foremost as Steph and I were planning it we had a certain number of uh what we called VAP VAPs yeah very abundant persons (laughs) so we felt Ticket. So we knew at least 22 people were coming plus us. But yes. from there, she was asking me, she's like, well, how many people do you think will be there? And I was like, I have no idea, you know, because I, I just made it open to anyone who wanted to come. Apart from the VAP tickets, I had no idea. And so to see literally hundreds of people come through, it was so beautiful um, to see how much the space has had an impact on people throughout the valley. And it really filled me up because I know it's had such an impact on my life. And of course, you know, I I hope the same for others. So just to see see that in the tangible physical was really beautiful. And I love what you said too about making it accessible, right? Because that was a huge thing for me. I know when I started doing my events, same thing as you, I was like, A, you're like not sure what you're doing. So it's really nice to have some support, (laughs) right? And just to have someone to be like, hey, like you got this, you know, like anything you need, I can help you. We'll figure this out together. Like, here's how you set up an event, right? Here's how, you know what I mean? You can collect payments, et cetera. Like just all the basics of it. And then also like the emotional aspect of it, right? To have like that support around it. And then, like you said, like the accessibility, because I feel like so many people have just incredible gifts to share. And so I wanted to make a space that made it easy for them to do so, or at least to try doing so, right? Because some people host an event and they're like, that was great, but maybe, you know, it's not for me. And then other people host an event and they're like, holy cow, I want to do this every week. I love this, you know? So I wanted to make a space where people were really like able to just explore that freely without a big giant commitment or without it breaking the bank or without having to take credit out to do so, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, you, what was it? So four years in, you then decided to expand because, Mm -hmm. yeah, because it's just like this space became available. Do you want to talk about that story? Like the expansion? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our lease was up at four years and I'd been kind of thinking about, you know, should we, should we move to a bigger spot? And I'd been looking even. Mm -hmm. And so when I found this space, it was funny because I told my broker, I was working with um, a commercial real estate broker. And as soon as we pulled up and I saw it, I was like, this is the one, you know, like, cause mm. for those that don't know, our new location used to be an aerial yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it had these beautiful high ceilings It already had mirrors up on the wall. It had beautiful flooring. So 
it just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, it's literally perfect, you know? And so I told my broker, like, this is the one, you know, let's put an offer in on it. And so he's like, well, let me contact the other broker and we'll talk. And so he called me back that day and he was like, actually, you know, um, the tenant next door is going to be moving in. So it's not, it's not on the market anymore, pretty much. And I was like, okay, you know, that's weird. It really feels like the one, but okay, let's keep looking. So we kind of looked at, you know, maybe two or three other spots and throughout those next few weeks, I'd even gone back, even though I supposedly it was off the table and unavailable. I'd gone back to that location several times just to like Mm -hmm. check it out and like really just to look at it and be in, be in the energy of it. And I really just kept feeling like, I don't know. I just feel like this is the location for us. And then sure enough, you know, maybe, gosh, not even a month after we had seen it the first time, um, my broker calls me and he was even on vacation, I think at the time. So he like called me and he's like, oh my gosh, I know I'm on vacation or whatever, but I just had a call. The spot mm-hmm. became available. And so um, I just had to share the good news with you. And um, at that point I was like, okay, well, this really feels aligned. And this really feels like, um, like the next step for us, because it is, it's almost double the space. So that feels really good. Yeah. Um, we ended up having a contractor put a back wall in so that there's a more private facilitation space. So for my one-on-one work, that feels incredible. And for other facilitators as well. Mm-hmm. And um, the high ceilings just, I think, add to the airiness and the location's great because it's only that one of my biggest concerns was keeping it, you know, pretty close to the original location because you know we have probably at this point I don't know 50 60 70 regular facilitators that are facilitating so yeah Yeah. so for them it's like I wanted it you know I didn't want to put it all the way out in Peoria and then they're like well wait a minute now I have to drive you know an extra 30 40 minutes and then also for um for everyone attending events you know if they're used to coming to a certain location I didn't want to completely throw it off so one of my Mm -hmm. main things was the proximity to the OG location and sure enough it's only four minutes it's literally just right up Scottsdale Road so um so yeah I think I'm really loving it I think the feedback that I've gotten has been incredible and um it just feels like the next evolution of of the space and I will say too I feel that way now but gosh as it was happening I mean I was definitely grieving I had no idea how attached I was to the old location until Mm -hmm. it was you know time to move and I mean just all, like I said, all the friendships I'd forged there, all the incredible healing sessions that had taken place there. Um, you know, just even the next steps of my own spiritual journey that had transpired there. Um, it was, it was emotional for me. So it was a really interesting time in my life. And the fact that I was so excited for this new location and getting it ready and also so grieving this old location Mm -hmm. and everything that had transpired there so it was really like being in that duality and that polarity of like the lowest of the lows I mean there was days when I was just like oh my gosh I can't believe we're not gonna be there like how you know and then like the like low and then like the highs of like oh my gosh like you know I'd see the new space I'm like I'm so excited it's gonna just be incredible I could see the vision and so it was it was an interesting um space emotional space to be in for a while for certain 
one of the things that really stood out to me and what we had talked about, I'm like, you know, it's easy when you're letting go of something that you don't want anymore. Remember that conversation? I was right. like, it's, it's so easy when you're like, oh yeah, like I'm going to expand on to something that I'm actually like enjoying or loving, but like leaving behind something I didn't like, like that's easy, but right. to actually like pour your heart and soul and love into this space and having all those memories there and choosing to then expand and like leave that behind something that you like, yeah, just, just adore. Yeah. It's, it's so much harder. It and was so it, hard. It just reminds me of life. Like a lot of the conversations on the podcast recently had had a lot to do with change, heartbreak, loss, and grief. And I feel like it's such a good reflection of that, of life, like how it is hard to let go of the past or what you've created, especially if it's been something great. But then the what's on the other side of that is like, it's so worth it to just, you know, lean into, even if it's unknown, even if you don't know what it's going to look like. It's so, it's, it's like exciting at the same time. It's both. Totally. It's like sad and exciting. Totally. Totally. And I love that you brought that up again, because that was so profound when we were talking about that, that, you know, it's like when something's really not serving and you're just like, this sucks. Like, yeah, I'm ready to let go of this, you know, whether it be relationship or home or friendship or whatever it is. But when mm -hmm. something's just not quite right anymore, even though it's been beautiful, even though it's been a fit, even though there's all these wonderful memories, but you know, it's time to like shed that skin and step into the next thing, even though it's like, it's all right. You know, we could have stayed there easy. We could have made it work and just had our smaller classes still. And, but, you know, you have that feeling of like, Oof, like it's too tight you know it's time to expand it's time to move on and it is it's scary it can be scary you know so for anyone going through big changes and leaving behind things that even though you know people might say why are you leaving that job or that partnership or whatever it is from the outside maybe like it looks great. You're like, you know what? Like, it's just not a fit anymore. It's just not aligned anymore. So just sending you, if you're going through that, listening so much strength and love through that process, because it's not an easy one. And it it does take courage and strength and bravery to, to move forward in that way. Yeah. And speaking of like big life changes, oh man, this just reminded me of like your journey as a healer now, healing practitioner now, but you had a whole uh, a whole journey into getting to this place. So um, tell like tell everyone about your practitionership, what you do as a as a facilitator, and like yeah, your journey with healing and also sobriety, which I find really unique about you and inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. So for those that don't know my work, I am a shamanic practitioner and a breathwork facilitator. Um, I hold space for transformation for folks really looking to expand into their truest, purest, authentic expression. Mm -hmm. I think that we all have these capabilities within us. You know, I don't think that um, the work that I do I really think everyone has access to it. And I really think everyone has it within them. I've just happened to practice and hone my skills. So, which is why I'm happy to hold that space um, in the shamanic realms. Mm -hmm. But it's just, 
it's incredible. For those curious to know more about my work, definitely reach out. I do think it's from what I've witnessed, at least working with so many people, life-changing, transformational, wild to witness. And the sessions are just getting like crazier and crazier, mm. I swear, with these changing times. I mean, it's just, it's been beautiful to hold this space for our community. So I see the difference between, you know, just the start of our session and an hour and a half later with the clarity of the messages that come through and the releases that happen and the activations that happen. And I mean, it's profound. This work is profound. So mm -hmm. if you feel called, definitely reach out and I'll share more. But the reason I know it's profound and the reason I know it's transformational and the reason I know it's life-changing is because I went through it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. It, yeah. It changed my life, right? Like when um, oh my gosh. So I'll start, I guess, a little bit further back. So ever since I was young, I was very um in tune with spirit and the earth and magic. Some would even say, you know, every time we'd go to a bookstore, I was like eight, nine, ten, I was like drawn to the occult section, if you will, mm -hmm. looking at books on, you know, earth medicine and magic and all the things. And um, really working with the earth closely too when I was young. So I do believe that relationship has always been there. And then as I got older, oh my gosh, I was looking to expand my mind in other ways. So yeah. I got really into um, drugs and partying and just like these wild big experiences. Yeah. And it was a blast, honestly. <laughs> At the time I had it was so much fun, right? I was growing up in the Bay Area. So we had San Francisco to the north and Santa Cruz to the south. So we were always getting into some kind of nonsense. And there was so much to explore, so much to do, incredible drugs all around. And, <laughs> um, you know, and so I was altering my state of consciousness in the yeah. in that way, which at first felt really fun and exciting and interesting. And then as anyone that has overdone it with drugs or alcohol knows, it started to get darker and darker and less yeah. fun and, yeah. you know, more crazy and with bigger consequences as well. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, things ended up getting quite wild. So to the point where at the age of 22, I decided, okay, this has, you know, like I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting others. Yeah. Um, there's no benefit from this anymore. And also I've like lost control of this, you know, because yeah. throughout, throughout those experiences, I'd always kind of felt like if I needed to, I could rein it in or, you know, like that I had this aspect of control over what I was doing, but come to the situations that occurred, I was like, wow, you know, if these are the decisions that I'm making, yeah. I really don't have any control over this anymore at all. So at that point, I truly just surrendered. And I said, I'm just done with this. And um, I remember I told my best friend at the time and still my one of my very best friends, I've known her since, gosh, probably like 15 years now. Anyways, mm -hmm. I told her I was like, more than that. Anyways, my friend Dominique, I told her, I came home, we were roommates at the time in San Diego. And I mm -hmm. said, you know what? I think I am done drinking. I'm done doing drugs, all of it. And I just, it was such a profound moment because we'd partied together for, like I said, like at that point already, probably 15 years now, you yeah. know, we've known each other for 20 something years. And it's like, she could have easily been like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, she's seen me in my craziest, but I just remember she said, she looked at me and she said, I believe it. You can do it. You know, if anyone mm -hmm. can do it, you can do it. This is mm -hmm. like the call for you. And so just with that support and just my unwavering, like, 
this is the next thing for me. That was, you know, I, that was it. That's all it took for me in that moment to get sober. And I've stayed sober now. And so can you hear me? Yeah. And so, um, and which isn't to say it's easy. I had to literally change my whole life because at that point, my whole identity already revolved around partying, right, yeah. hung out with. We were always going out. Everyone, you know, that I had the same interests with. Like, you know, once we took that out of the equation, I was like, what are we even going to talk about? What are we doing? Yeah. So a lot of things is, you know, in some ways a tower moment where a lot of the things had to fall away. And it took me, you know, a few years to really figure out like, okay, well, if that's not a part of my life, what am I into? And what am I interested in? And what do I want to explore? And so at that point, I came back to like the things that had interested me when I was young, right? Like the magical things and the Mm. earth-based things and meditation and expanding my mind and my consciousness in different ways that didn't involve drugs or alcohol, et cetera. And so I really started off on my own journey, my own healing journey after I got sober, because I think it created the space, it created the... um, the yeah really just the space for it because because before my life was so filled with you know either going out or then not feeling great from going out or then thinking about going so it was just like all this all-consuming thing and then once I had created the space I was like okay this is the things that I'm really into this is what I want to explore and I found that through everything I put myself through I had a lot to heal from (laughs) for sure you know you got to figure like 10 plus years of like heavy partying and you know Mm -hmm. like abuse on the body on the spirit on the mind the situations I put myself in um the relationships I'd found myself in the Mm -hmm. friendships just the toxicity of it all um as I found myself sober I was like woof this is a lot you know I need to start start clearing this out clearing this through. And so um, at that point, I started exploring, you know, retreats and um, different healing circles and women's Mm -hmm. circles and all these different modalities um, to see what really resonated. And I found myself um, at a retreat, a women's retreat. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, um, it was a soul retrieval ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so there was six other women and everyone went first. And at that point, like, I don't know why I signed up for it. I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about shamanic work. I just knew I had to be there. Yeah. And as the other women were going, I'm like, why did I, you know, cause it was like hours. And I was like, why did I even sign up for this? Like, it looks like they're just laying there. What is, what's going on? Why am I even here? Kind of, you know, attitude. Yeah. yeah. But then it was my turn. And as I lay down and the shamanic practitioner began working on me, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, my whole body started like trembling and shaking. And mm-hmm. um, like, I started crying. And at that point, I didn't cry. I mean, I hadn't cried in years. Yeah. I crying. And the next thing I saw were these two jaguar eyes right behind my eyes, like as real as I'm looking at you. Yeah. And I opened my eyes and the practitioner was like, you're safe. Go ahead. You're safe. I see it too. Like, go ahead, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your guide. And so I ended up having like there in that year or whatever, the most profound, uh, like life-changing ceremony ever. And, um, you know, my body was shaking. I was crying. I mean, it was wild. And everyone else that had gone first was like, what is going on? <laughs> okay. wow. you know? 
And um, afterwards, I asked the facilitator, like, what's happening? You know, why did that happen? Why did my body react in that way? Why was I crying? And she just told me, she goes, you're remembering. This is the work that you're here to do. And you're just remembering who you are. Yeah, full body chills. Chills. (laughs) Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, wow, because, you know, my body has always been a really big guide for me. And for me to, you know, we didn't ingest anything. We weren't working with any other medicine. Like it was just this energetic work that the practitioner was doing that caused my body to react in this really big, really wild way. So for me, that's that's a sign like, wow, there's something there for me. And so um, I got back to San Diego and I just dove right in. I found a shamanic teacher, my mentor, Mara. She's Mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. And for a few years, I just worked with her on my own healing, you know, just going through all the things that um, kept coming up for me and just really working on myself. And then she told me, okay, well, you're ready to work with other people. And for me, that hadn't even really been a thought. That's not why I was doing this mentorship. I was just like working on healing myself. Right. And I was like, I don't know, Mara, it's so hard, right? When you're doing your own work, it's like, whew, it's a lot. It's hard. Yeah, totally. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if I want to do that. That's so hard. Like, I don't, I don't think so. And she's like, well, just try it. See what you think. So um, I did a session for one of my girlfriends and when I did the shamanic journey for her, it ended up being so easeful, so like effective, so fun in some ways, even that I was like, whoa, this is great. You know, and I called my mentor and I was like, wow, that was amazing. I loved it. And she's like, well, yeah, Ksenia, you're not just like healing all your own shit. You're just holding space for the person's healing for their experience. And after that, that was the first time that I was like, okay, you know what? I might I might want to explore this, you know, holding this space for other people. And um, I might want to explore this maybe even like as my work, you know. And Mm. so from there, I just um, kept up my mentorship and started slowly working with other people. Um, A year or two after that, I found breath work and same thing. I just happened to be there, had no idea what it was. It's gosh, like seven years ago now, just my friend invited me. I said, sure. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm bawling, my whole body shaking, tears flowing down my face, all these emotions releasing. And um, same thing as before, I just knew when my body reacted in that way, like there's big medicine there for me. And like people had always been saying, you know, you just got to let it go, let that shit go. And it's like, how? But then when I found breath, I was like, oh, this is how, like, this is how I can let it go, literally. And um, same thing with the breath, just dove into every event I could find, every facilitator I could find, which at that time, there really wasn't like a ton out there. But anytime, you know, I would drive sometimes an hour, two hours just to go to like a breathwork event somewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, too, I found a, a teacher and studied, you know, study the breath so that I could mm-hmm. share it with other people. Um, so yeah, really the reason I know these modalities work, the reason I know how effective they are, the reason I believe in them so much is because they've worked for me <laughs> and I just right. want to share them with other people. Yeah. And I've loved getting to experience 
all of your work, your breath work, your events, your women's circles, all of it's been so profoundly healing and supportive for me. And I love that I've gotten to have you come and bring that on our retreats as well, because that just added, amplified the experience that much more. And I have so many great memories that I won't get into here, but just so many great experiences with you leading those breathwork events. And so many people came out. So it was just like a communal space too. Like we felt so supported during all of that, that entire process. And again, this is like the last five years that I've met Ksenia and been, um, been participating in these things. And gosh, it has been so supportive for me, Ksenia. Like, I don't even really think I've taken a second to really tell you like how much it's, it's made it such a difference for me in my life and how supportive it's been. And yeah, all the beautiful visions that I've received in these spaces, like I'm such a visual person too. So when, you know, I give myself that space to like close my eyes and to really go there and to explore the inner world, explore those visions, there's a whole world in there. And it's, it's just so beautiful to, to be able to, to bring those out. And a lot of them, you know, turn into inspirations, which eventually turned into art or turned into creativity or turned into something, whether it was in my service or just in my own exploration of my art, which is beautiful. So thank you so much for, you know, for, for walking your path and for choosing those things, because obviously it's made such an impact, not only in my life, but in the lives of many, many others, um, I know your events are always packed and the people there just are, you know, there with such pure intentions to be able to show up for themselves. And I think it's just such a beautiful reflection of you as a practitioner, like you do this work for yourself and the people coming to your events, they're showing up for them. And the ripple of that is so beautiful to, to kind of be a witness to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I know, I know it works because it worked for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I can second that for sure. Cosign. But yeah. yeah, so, so your life has recently took a turn though, uh, a significant one. Oh, yeah. And I, I really wanted to touch on this because Ksenia and I have done interviews in the past where we've, we've talked about this um, sobriety journey. We've talked about this healing and it's, it's always amazing. It's always such a good conversation. But this is something we've only really ever talked about just one-to-one or in our, in our community circles, which is her journey of becoming a mother to, we call him Prince Theo. (laughs) (laughs) And man, this has totally changed your life, right? Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Motherhood has been just the biggest portal, the biggest initiation and the biggest blessing that. I've ever received is just wild wild yeah. what are your some some of your favorite so some of my favorite oh my gosh I mean like every day is just incredible with him you know like it's so wild I think to be present to hold space for someone growing because you know like seeing the world through their eyes their brand new eyes right like this might be the first time he's ever seen a parrot this might be the first time he's ever seen a lizard this is you know just like seeing all of these firsts and like their mind trying to grasp and like make sense of the world and being able in some ways um to be like a guardian and a shower of things and a teacher and a space holder um for this beautiful new soul it's like it's in 
comfortable. There's nothing else in the world literally like it. Um, so yeah, I, I like every day it's like something new. And then also like watching his personality come out. I mean, it is so funny. He is such a character for those that know Theo. He's like super social, really funny, really outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like hilarious. So seeing his personality come out more and more, um, it's so wild. And then I think too, just like really thinking about the miracle of it, right? Like yeah. you and the person you love, hopefully, um, coming together in sacred union to create this beautiful brand new being yeah. that has, you know, some of your visual traits that has some of your personality traits that, um, has some of your, you know, ancestral magic. Mm. And then also is completely their own unique being as well. So yeah. just like, I think we take it for granted, right? Cause you know, so many people do have kids and people give birth every millisecond, mm-hmm. but the, fact of it remains is it's such a mystery it's such a miracle yeah um so I think you know just still like wrapping my head around that and I would say too like for us because like I mentioned my husband and I we've been together now almost 14 years so Mm -hmm. we've been together a long time and um but it's so interesting because when we decided to conceive you know we literally had the conversation and then it's almost like immediately yeah. Theo came through. So it's really, really interesting because there's so much to intention. And that really speaks to it because, um, you know, we've been intimate, obviously, yeah. for a very long time. Totally. And but as soon as we made that decision and it's interesting, too, because um, for a lot of my spiritual friends, they really felt Theo in spirit form. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew he was going to be a boy. Some have even seen what he's looked like visually. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew his spirit name. So um, so he was he was waiting. His soul was just waiting for us to be like, now is the time. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, so. So there's really something to be said for conscious conception, I would say. Yeah. And um, it was just so wild that as soon as we kind of had that conversation and we're like, you know what, like, let's see, let's just try and we'll see, you know, if we do conceive. And then it was like, boom, there was the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I love that. And this is one of my favorite stories of all is your birth story, which I just remember you saying like, I had this whole plan and I like, I envisioned this beautiful experience. And then your actual experience was not that. And at the end of the day, it was still epic and it was still beautiful. But I want to talk about that because I feel like, I mean, me as someone who wants to eventually step into motherhood, it's so important for us to hear stuff like this because it's like, you know, there's the ideal and then there's the actual reality. And this happens for so many people. And some people, they have they have their vision and it goes exactly that, that way. And that's great. And then other times, like most of the time, I hear that people have this particular, you know, way of envisioning how their birth is going to go. And then it literally doesn't. And so I would love to hear you share about that story for you. Like, what was your vision in the in the first place? And even if anything you want to touch on with pregnancy in that experience, like any specific things you want to highlight there, but then then how your actual birth went, because this is like the most epic story. 
Totally. Yeah, I would love to share. So um, from right away, I, you know, knew I wanted something different. So we decided to go with a birthing center. We went with Baby Moon Birthing Center in Phoenix. It's incredible. And throughout my whole pregnancy, I was really blessed. I had a very easeful pregnancy. I didn't really have any complications. Um, Everything, you know, I felt really good. I was eating good. I was sleeping good. Like everything just kind of flowed so smooth. And same with our, um, with our birthing center, you know, we went to our classes, everything was great. We went to our midwifery appointments. The midwives were incredible. So everything was just kind of flowing right along. So of course I'm envisioning giving birth in this beautiful birthing center. There's a tub there. So, you know, I'm envisioning myself in the tub hub with my affirmations going, my essential oil going. Um, And I think too, what added to that vision is that a few um, people close to me had shared either um, their birth videos or those close to them's birth videos. And, you know, all, I think there was like two or three that were shared that were just like, they were in the tub, they were breathing and they were just like breathing this baby out. And it was so peaceful, so beautiful. So of course, in my mind, I'm like, I'm a breathwork facilitator, you know, like I am going to breathe this baby out so gently, so beautifully (laughs) right out into this water. And it's just going to be like the most peaceful experience ever. So, um, you know, that was our vision. We'd me and my husband, that's what we prepared for. And right up until the last week of our pregnancy, uh, my pregnancy, that is what we were holding. And so here comes week 39. And um, we go to our midwifery appointment per usual. And the midwife goes, you know what? So we'll just start with the basics. We'll check your blood pressure. I'm like, great. This is something that we did at every check-in. So very, very normal. And throughout the pregnancy, my blood pressure had been very normal. So I was like, great, cool. Let's do this. You know, no biggie. Yeah. Well, she checks my blood pressure and turns out it is like through the roof. I can't remember what the specific numbers were, but yeah. it was enough to get her really alarmed. And so she goes, okay, you know what? Maybe this is a fluke. Maybe something's going on. What I want you to do is when you leave here, um, go and get like one of those, you know, blood pressure measuring cuffs. And then in the morning, when you wake up and you're really relaxed and at peace, go ahead and just measure it then. Maybe you've just, you know, you're 39 weeks pregnant. You had to come out here, right? Maybe it's just whatever, a flu. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, cool, great. Yeah, still not thinking anything about it. Like no biggie, blood pressure, whatever. Because I also felt fine because she was like, oh my God, are your hands swelling? Are you feeling like whatever this, that, that? I'm like, no, I feel great. Like same as, same as always, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, we get this blood pressure cuff or whatever. We go home. I just rest the rest of the evening. I wake up before I do anything. I go to check my blood pressure and it's like even higher than before. And this is like on, you know, we hadn't done anything, no exertion, like right after sleep. So at that point, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, like this is, oh, and I thought maybe the cuff was broken. Like I made my husband do his twice just to see, you know, I did mine twice. And sure enough, like it was really, really high. Yeah. And so, and so at that point I called my midwife and I'm like, holy cow, you know, it's like even higher than before. And she's like, well, and this is when our whole kind of vision, our whole plan crumbled apart. She's like, well, at this point, um, we can't 
we can't take you at the birthing center. She's like, this is considered high risk, at, you know, with your blood mm -hmm. pressure being this high, even though you're not having any symptoms, even though nothing is um, wrong, it's just, you know, it's just considered too high. And so um, at that point, I was like, well, like, what are we supposed to do? You know, like, and she's like, well, you're going to have to give birth in a hospital. And for me, I was Whoa, like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to give birth in a hospital. It was my initial reaction. You know, I was like, well, like, this, that's not the vision. That's not what I had wanted. If that's what, if I wanted to go that route, I would have, you know, done that from the beginning. So right. she's like, yeah. And not only that, but you're going to have to go over there now. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. And at that point, my husband had just left um, for work. And she's like, because I'd been waiting, she was on call. So I was waiting for her to call back so I could give her the numbers. And um, she's like, yeah, not only um, do you have to go to the hospital, but you have to go there like now, like pack your bag and go. Whoa. And I was like, I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I grabbed all my stuff. Luckily I'd had my birthing bag packed already. I grabbed all my things and um, I called Zach. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to the hospital. Um, come, you know, grab me. And so um, he was like, okay, well, all right, I'm on my way. And so um, she, so he came back and he grabbed me with all of my things. And, you know, I'd had a moment kind of to sit and process and be with the shifts. And so I think by mm -hmm. the time that he arrived, I was honestly at peace with it. Like wow, yeah. my main thing was we just need to make sure this baby is healthy. Cause that's what the midwife told me. She's like, at this point, like it could be a risk to the baby. It could be a risk to you. There's a potential of preeclampsia, um, which could be really dangerous. It could have, you know, seizures could occur, et cetera. Yeah. So at this point, honestly, it was such a surrender for me, probably the biggest surrender, one of the biggest surrenders ever in my life. Yeah. I just had to be like, whatever needs to happen to get this baby out safely. And for me to be safe, we'll do it. Like, I don't care if, you know, we have to do everything completely different. Like it doesn't matter. Like what the only thing that mattered in that moment yeah. was that we were both safe. And mm -hmm. so by the time my husband came to grab me, he was almost more upset than I was. He's like, what? We were supposed to be at the birthing center. And what about the midwives? And like, what about the plan? And at that point, I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, none of it matters. Let's just get there safe, see what the doctor has to say, et cetera. And luckily, um, there was a few things that I thought were really kismet. The first thing was that my husband, he's from Arizona, and he was born at St. Joseph's Hospital, Whoa. which is the hospital we went to. Whoa, chill. So, which is the, yeah, which is the hospital Theo ended up being born in. So there's something so special, I think, about that. Yeah. Um, the next thing was that, um, there's a doctor, his name is Dr. Hervey, and he's really known here in the birth community. Um, his wife is a midwife. He's really mm -hmm. like recommended by the birthing centers as, um, as someone that, you know, would be really important, um, if you wanted your birth to go a certain way, right? Like mm -hmm. he, like he's open to maybe some things that other doctors might not, you know, might be more close-minded about. Mm -hmm. So he, he was available, which I thought mm -hmm. was really great. Wow. And he ended up delivering Theo. And interestingly enough, you know, my friend Jill, right? Yes. Yeah. Jill, I do. So 
for those that don't know, um, I have a close girlfriend named Jill and she was pregnant literally throughout the same whole entire time. Our sons were born like two weeks apart and her doctor was also Dr. Hervey of the wow. like so many doctors that are out here. Um, she also had the same birth doctor, which I thought was just like a wild kismet connection. Definitely. And he'd been with her through her pregnancy. So when I told her, I was like, yeah, we have Dr. Hervey. She's like, what? Like just wild. Um, so anyways, we get there and, um, Dr. Hervey's there. He measures my blood pressure. He's like, yeah, this is wild. We might Mm. as well just keep you in. There's no point in going home at this point. So, you know, at this point I had surrendered my water birth, my birthing center birth, you know, my vision of everything. Um, And I had told him, you know, I do want an unmedicated birth. So we were able to do that, which was really important for me, Um, especially because we mentioned, you know, I'm a sober person. So, of course, I really wanted to be sober for this big, giant event happening. You know, I didn't want to be. And like I said whatever had been necessary, if that had been necessary, mm-hmm. I would have been fine with it. You know, like I said, at that moment, I was in such a surrender, but yeah. it had been really important to me to do um, an unmedicated birth. Yeah. So thankfully, Dr. Hervey was able to really respect that and work with me around that. And so that's yeah. how that happened. And so, which, wow, it's intense. <laughs> Let me just say that is intense. So yeah. um And the other huge plus was that um, even though my midwife hadn't been able to be there, because if you have a doctor, you're not allowed to have a midwife, Mm -hmm. they did send a doula and she ended up being incredible. Mm -hmm. So thanks to her, truly thanks to her, I had this very empowering, very beautiful birth. She um, directed me. So I'll once again, go back to my vision, my vision, me in the water, breathing this baby out into the world, peacefully, calmly, the reality, (laughs) me on all fours, roaring, (laughs) screaming this baby out into the world and Theo coming flying out. (laughs) Literally, the doctor had to catch him. He was like, he caught him by like a leg. I think he came flying (laughs) out. It was wild. So it was so primal. It was so powerful. It was so shamanic, um, that it ended up being perfect. Um, and it definitely did not end up being the vision that I had, but I think too, it was such a big lesson of surrender and, um, And just sacrificing whatever your vision or whatever it is for the safety of this tiny human. Um, And I think, too, that just speaks so much to motherhood in general, right? It's just that surrender of like, this is what is, right? This Mm -hmm. is what what it is now. And so I think for me, um, just even with it going how it did was such a big initiation and such a big... um, moment of surrendering into motherhood period yeah and then when um when Thea came out me and um you know the doctor um passed him to me because I wanted to delay cord clamping because there's a lot of really powerful nutrients still moving through for my placenta so he was able to honor those wishes and so I just had Theo um you know on my chest laying on me and um Zach just looked over at me and we just both like burst out crying Mm because it was like the purest love that we've 
ever felt. I mean, just looking and also, you know, it's like you're getting to know, I was getting to know him in my body over the course of these nine months and Zach was communicating with him and preparing mm -hmm. for him. So then just to see him here in the physical was just like the most powerful insane wild thing ever so we're just bawling Theo's crying we're all just crying we're all messy you know birth is messy wow <laughs> you know I mean there's fluids everywhere there's like all kinds of things everywhere like it was it was definitely um it's a very primal experience and um yeah. I will say the one really nice thing about giving birth in the hospital reflecting back was that we got to stay there you know because yeah. with the birthing center what happens is that they send you home later that evening yeah and so you know we got to stay in the hospital they brought us they ordered us food they like ordered me a pizza right away so oh. I had like a pizza within like you know 20 minutes of giving birth <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah. And, and they helped too. you know, there's like a lactation consultant that came by to ensure breastfeeding was going well. There was the nurses that kept popping by to ensure if we were okay or needed water or more food or whatever. So it was really nice. I think after that big exertion to just be able to rest there for a while and just to have Zach there and to have Theo there um, and just kind of heal a little bit before yeah. going home. So yeah. I think, if anything, I would say that was one of the um, pluses of giving birth in the hospital is that you do get some aftercare, which is really nice because, mm. man, it's a lot. It's like a wild, you know, wild experience on your body for the baby, for even your partner. So mm. I don't think, you know, I couldn't have imagined going straight home. It was really nice to um, to be able to take some time to heal there and, um, to have people coming by just cause you know, this was our first baby. We had no idea what we're doing. They're so tiny and fragile and like brand new. We barely knew how to hold him, how to change him, right. how to oh. nurse him, you know, like everything was so new for us. So it did feel nice to have the support of the, um, postpartum nurses there and, um, you know, just people coming by to check and make sure everything was going good. So, mm. so yeah, that's, you know, my story. <laughs> and I want to say for anyone um, pregnant currently holding a vision for what their birth will be like, like, yes, it's so important to hold that vision. And also just, there's no planning for it, right? What's going to yeah. happen is what's going to happen. And I think the biggest medicine of the time is just surrender yeah. to just surrender with whatever is happening and just know that in the moment like because of course you know in some ways my ego was like no like I wanted to do the birthing center no I wanted to be in the tub like this was my vision right but it's like it doesn't fucking matter yeah. all that mattered was the safety of both of us so I think um putting aside the ego and putting aside all of it just for, you know, for this beautiful soul to arrive safely in the world was such a lesson for me. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it ended up being a very empowering, very beautiful experience, just not in the way that I had envisioned. <laughs> right. Totally. Now I know there's like all these beautiful parts that you just explained about motherhood, the, the experience of birthing and the euphoric experience that that part is 
And then I know there's also so much that is like a challenge that's hard. And I want to ask you, what advice do you have for those moments? And like, what, maybe what have, what has been supportive for you in the struggles of motherhood? I know, you know, a lot of women that I've speak, I've spoke to have said like, it's lonely or like things change, your friendships change or just, you know, there's so much taking place there. So yeah, I just want to ask you, what advice do you have? What has supported you in those moments that have been not so euphoric about the experience? Oh my gosh. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to say motherhood is a wild trip and as amazing and beautiful and like, like the euphoric as it is, it's also like really hard. You know, there's moments that are tough. There's moments that you're like, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? Is this how it's supposed to be? And I think too, especially those first months, I mean, the sleep deprivation is so real. At one point, Theo was nursing every two hours. So it's like, you're never getting more than a two hour stretch of sleep. If that, you Mm -hmm. know, And so um, I think this with the sleep deprivation and everything else and just the newness of it all, and also your body still trying to heal while trying to care for this tiny new human, um, I would say the first thing, my first piece of advice would be to set up some sort of postpartum Mm self-care, whether that's like a family member that comes to stay with you or a friend that comes by daily, even just for an hour or two, or whether that's like a postpartum doula that comes by or a night nurse, whatever it is. Um, I think a lot of people focus on the self-care during the pregnancy, but then afterwards they kind of can, you know, forget about it. And it's like, that part is so important. So my mom was a huge help. She came out and she stayed out for weeks and would come out every month and just Mm. help with cooking and cleaning and Theo and um, giving us a chance to rest. So I think setting up and reaching out for support is huge. We also had um, an incredible postpartum doula come to the house once a week and give us massages, both me and my partner. Um, She'd come bring food, friends would come bring food. So I think just um, reaching out and letting people know, hey, I really could use this support right now um, is huge. And then B, also just realizing that like everything is temporary, right? If um, I feel like sometimes when we're in it like it feels so hard and we're like oh my gosh like this is just like so hard but just realizing like this is just in the course that my child is going to be with me this is just like the tiniest snippet and it's going to pass just like everything passes. So I think just remembering that impermanence because sometimes it can you know when it's your 28th night in a row and you haven't gotten sleep you're like holy shit this is fucked but then you just remember like yeah but pretty soon I am going to be getting more sleep and pretty soon I am going to be feeling better and pretty soon I will be a little more rested so I think just kind of like looking at that long view can be really helpful for new moms and also um like I said before just like reaching out for that support too not just in the physical with food and you know aid or whatever, but like emotionally, I was, I was really blessed not to suffer from postpartum depression or anxiety, but 
it is such a real thing. And I've heard so many moms share about it. And I think just letting people know what's going on, because there's this stigma that comes that, you know, new moms are supposed to be so happy and just in love with their baby and like feeling so great and blissed out. And it's, Unfortunately, that's not the reality for so many women. And so I think there's a little bit of stigma around that conversation around saying like, I'm struggling. So Mm -hmm. I think really, if you are a new mom and if you're going through it, reach out, whether to a professional or just someone in your family, to your partner, et cetera, like reach out and say, I am really having a hard time. I am really struggling because that's an important conversation to have. And so much of it too is hormonal. So it's like, just until things do balance out a little bit more to have that support is crucial. So I would say, you know, reaching out, like not just for physical things like food or massage or help with the baby, but like on an emotional level. And too, for me, something that's been huge is luckily our community has so many incredible moms. So it's been like, so helpful to reach out and be like, Hey, we're going through this kind of weird thing. Does this last a long time? Or did you experience this? Or like, what is this? You know? And then, um, a few of my really close friends, their kids are just, you know, half a year, a year ahead of Theo. So they've like gone through all this stuff. So, and for those people that don't have that support or that community or those friends that have similar ages, reach out to like a mom's group. There's so many resources now. So I think just having um, a community of people with similar aged kids can really be such a huge resource because you're like, everything's new. Everything's new to me. Like, I I don't know. Is this normal? Is this not? I've never been through this, right? Like everything from like, different poop to like eating food to different like emotional you know things going on with the kids to teething Mm -hmm. like I don't know any of it so to have people that have walked that path and like recently right because after you've been a mom for so long like things start losing you start losing the memories you're like oh I don't even remember that anymore right it feels like so long ago but to have that support of like that close aged um people that have been there, it's like, it's all pretty fresh still. So they can really offer great advice or even just hold space for what you're going through because they've been there too. Yeah, absolutely. Man, and you know, what's really significant for me right now is, is everything you're saying can apply to like life in general. Of course, there's, there's some things that come with motherhood that are just unique to motherhood. But what you're saying of like, setting yourself up for success by having the resources there available to you, you know, having that physical support, having that emotional support, but also community and people who having people who have walked the path that you're currently walking in your circle and to be able to talk about these things. And then the last thing, or one of the other things you said was asking for help. And so though I can understand how those would be like, extra, extra needed in those early stages of motherhood, honestly, probably throughout all of motherhood, but especially then I can feel like I can take something away from that, even not as a mother, like talk to people when you need help, like say you're struggling, if you're struggling, I mean, that can go for sobriety too, or like anything. And that's like, yeah, that's really special. Cause then you like, 
and and at the same time like yeah i know there's no journey like walking that path of of bringing a human into the world and that's so special and i've honestly loved experiencing theo and obviously i knew you for for a few years before before theo but i can't imagine life without him now it's just like we're like what we're even doing before this amazing human was a part of our lives and he's man he's so he's so fun he's hilarious he's so adventurous and just you know has this really unique essence about him that i truly love and i i love that you've been able to like really embrace him and bring him and like come out to things still with your baby like I love that like our friendship hasn't changed you know it's only gotten even better to be able to experience you as a mom and and to experience Theo as well so yeah I I just want to I just want to piggyback off that for a second I think as far as more advice goes like I think so many moms hesitate to bring their kids into spaces or hesitate to bring um, them with them when they go or to friend groups or whatever. And I'm not going to lie, it is more challenging, right? Like, of course, like they're trying to run or you got to wrestle them or whatever. But like, also, you can just bring them, you know, and it's like, just bring them. I remember, um, I know you just had Paola on your show and yeah. um, her and Cassandra just had a circle at the space. Yeah. And I wanted to pop by while Paola was in town and say hi. And so, um, you know, I had Theo with me because I yeah. have him with me. And um so I came by and I kind of peeked in and all the women were sitting in circle and there was like a big altar in the middle and like food. And I'm like, oh shit, what is about to happen right now when I bring Theo <laughs> in? But, and I had like that moment of, ah, oh, maybe I should just wait, you know, maybe I shouldn't. And they were wrapping up They Cassandra had told me that, you know, it was a good time to come in. They were finishing. And um, I was like, oh, I don't know. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in. And sure enough, I like sat down and Theo just like ran around and said hi to everyone. At one point, you know, mm. he picked up a drum and started drumming and everyone started clapping for him. And um, he had some snacks. And I think too, like, you know, I could have easily let like worry or anxiety around it. Just let me be like, nah, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'll just wait until they're, they come out or whatever. But yeah. I was like, you know what? No, like I do. I want to show Theo these circles and I want to show him this community. And these women understand they're probably moms themselves or have been around kids or yeah. and, and in any case, they're open. So um, I think too, just like, you know, even when it feels like, Ooh, just to show up and to bring them along and, um, just to see like the magic and the relationships that build and transpire. It's always worth it. I think so. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. One other thing I want to touch on is the, you know, the, the friends who don't have kids, you know, don't hesitate to like step in and support your new mom friend. Because I think like with, with my experience with you, like I could clearly tell you're trying to do something and I could clearly tell that Theo's over here and I'm like, Oh, let me just grab him, you know? And of course, like obviously check in what's okay. What's not okay. Like, can I hold him? Can I not, et cetera. Like, cause everybody's comfortability is unique to them, but I love how you're like, yes, please. Like, you know, like you're like open to the support and also like me, you know, even though I'm not a mom, I can clearly see that like you need some support or you need help or like maybe I can hold him for this second while you do this thing, etc. Like even if, even if you're not a mom, you can, you just use those like 
instinctual, like, you know, helpful friend things and, and don't hesitate to, you know, to be like, Hey, can I help you with this? Or can I do, you know, can I do this? Because I think that's extra crucial in those, yeah, especially early stages, you know, you are such a help around that. Like, I just have to interrupt and say, like, you are such a help. Even I remember last time we were at the space and, um, Steph and I were trying to get like the gift bags together for the grand opening party. And of course Theo was running around and everything. <laughs> and you're like, let me just hold him for you for a second. I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Mamas and like, everyone needs that support, right? Like people yeah. and for those friends that don't have kids or whatever, like you said, like you can see, like if you feel comfortable, oh my gosh, offer to just, you know, support in that moment. Like you are always so on that. And that's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It's, I thought of that when actually a friend of mine was like, she was saying like she was having dinner with her family and she had two kids at the time. They were small and she was just having a really hard time, like getting them to settle and all this stuff. And she was like looking around and observing, like her family's just watching. They're like not helping her. And she asked them like, Hey, why didn't you help me? And they're like, honestly, we didn't know what to do and we didn't know how to help, or we didn't know what help you needed. And so I, I wanted to speak to that because I can, I can see how that, that also happens. Like with other people, just like your friend, you know, you see your, your new mom friend, you're like, you see her, you know, in, in that space. And you're like, man, I don't, if you, if you are in a space of like, I don't know what to do, ask, just be like, how yes. can I help you? Can you, can I yes. help you with something? What yes. can I help you with, et cetera? Cause there's some things yeah. that maybe like she wants to hold the baby, but maybe you can help with the thing, like the task at hand, et cetera. I don't know. Just, I wanted to bring that up because I think, you know, any, any time we can contribute to building people's resources and adding to their, um, them feeling supported in any experience in life, but especially motherhood, I think it's extra important to have these conversations around like, what, what did you do? How did you handle this? And yeah, yeah, I've, I've loved watching you in this new space. Thanks, babe. Yeah, it's been, it's, I mean, it's been fun. It's been a journey. It's like a whole, my husband, and I always say like, we're, you know, we're pretty comfortable and versed in most topics and most things. But for us, this is like a brand new thing. We've never been parents. So um, mm-hmm. having resources and having other parents share their experience and having like his sister-in-law who has kids and watching her and asking her and um, books and, you know, reading things. And it's it's been hugely helpful because we're like a brand new, we're, we're figuring out what to do. And honestly, it's a really fun place to be because you get to like explore and learn and you're a brand newbie, right? Like you have, you're an amateur, you don't know what you're doing. So in some ways that's like an exciting space to be, right? As you learn and as you grow and as you find your voice and your, um, your methods and your, you know, what works for you. So it's, it's definitely been a fun journey to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Kistania, I could probably literally talk to you all day. And I know we have done that. But for the sake of the podcast, I would love to just circle it out here and let everyone know like how they can support Abundant Space. Um, Maybe, you know, yeah, the different ways they can be a part of the community there, etc. And yeah, anything else you want to leave anyone with? Yeah, definitely. So if you're not following us already on Instagram, our Instagram is Abundant Space. So go ahead and follow. We do post all of our events there. 
come by, come check it out. There's so many modalities offered, like so many different things. And that's one of the magic things about the space is that there's so many ways to tap in. Maybe you're not into yoga. Well, what about dance? Or maybe you're learning about using your voice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you really prefer Reiki, or maybe you don't know anything about any of it. And you just want to try a few different things and find out what resonates. So definitely tap in with um, the events. There's literally something going on every single day. So many incredible events. I post them all on our Instagram and on our website. Our website is www.abundantspaceforall, F-O-R-A-L-L. Um, so definitely check that out. For those that are looking for more in-depth work, I do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions for both breath work and shamanic healing and a combination session that I personally recommend because you get both the somatic experience of the breath and then also the energetics of the shamanic realm. Yeah. Um, I will say too, if you're a new facilitator or if you are thinking about facilitating and you have an event that you really want to bring forth that you've been like, oh, like maybe I want to hold space. Maybe I want to, whether it's, you know, movement or mindfulness or whatever it is, or a woman's circle, et cetera. Um, I would love to support you in that journey. So definitely if you're in the Phoenix area or thinking about traveling to Phoenix, reach out and we can get that on the calendar. Um, I love, love, love supporting people, especially when it's their, you know, when they're new and bringing their work forth. Um, so definitely we'd love to host you at the space if you're thinking about it. And I think, yeah, that's the main, that's the main ways to connect. So yeah. I would love to connect with all of you. Yeah. And we're hosting Mackenzie and I of cacao drinking chocolate. We're hosting a cacao circle in August, August 27th at abundant space. So if you're wanting to check it out, you're like, wait, this sounds cool. I want to tap in. You can come to that event as well. That's on Sunday from two to four. And we'll drop all of that in all of these links in the box below. Um, thank you so much, Ksenia, for for deciding to come on here. I know you don't do a ton of this and I just feel extra grateful for you being willing to come on here and, and share all of these aspects of your journey. And yeah, I feel super inspired leaving this podcast. Like, wow, that was so good. And I'm sure everyone listening can relate to. Thanks, Candy. As I've said before so many times, you are such a huge support to our community and to the space and to me personally. So even though I don't do a ton of podcasts or interviews or whatever, when you asked me, I was like, of course I will. I would love to support you um, however I can because I receive also so much support from you. And not just me, like I feel like you're such a beacon of light and support for our whole community. So anything I can do, I'm always there for you. Thank you, love. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Goodbye.